This is the Big Pond. New Orleans. The port on the Mississippi River has a distinct Caribbean-European feel to it. Historically, the city is a cultural, spiritual, and ethnic melting pot. In the streets, you are immediately aware of French, Caribbean, Native American, or Spanish influences. Hard to imagine that there were German immigrants at one time. Rarely any guidebook mentions them, and there's hardly anything to be found in researching the literature. But once you know how to read the traces, the picture changes. And you will find out, Germans have a long history in New Orleans. Aber es sind wirklich sehr viele deutsche Namen hier. There are many German names engraved on the mausoleums of the cemetery Lafayette Number no. One. Das waren quasi so diese ersten Indizien, die dich. Ja, im Prinzip genau. Which were the first clues of a German presence in New Orleans for Dietmar Felber, an Austrian who teaches German language at Tulane University, with whom I have an appointment at the cemetery. A necropolis with four white avenues and countless little side streets lined with tiny uh, houses for the dead. H. Felmerden, der ist 1825 geboren und ist vermutlich so um die Jahrhundertmitte nach New There's, for example, John H. Felderman, born in 1825, who probably arrived in New Orleans in the mid 1800s and died in 1877. A cobbler. The backside of the tomb records his origin, Johann Heinrich Felmerden, who was born in Hitzerode in Hesse Kassel. Heinrich Felmerden, this is the same man as before. Henry. Yeah, Henry. You had this very early immigration at the German coast that was in 1720 with the. Um, a company of the Indies from France, but then the main immigration was in the 1850s, or it was really after the German, uh, you know, the revolution. Brigitte Mann arrived in New Orleans in 1965, and she stayed. Initially, she worked for the office of the German Consulate General. Every first Sunday, she attends the German service at Central St. Matthew's Church. She became fascinated by the heritage of German immigrants in New Orleans, especially by the history of the German Tonerverein, a traditional gymnastics club which was represented in all major cities in the U.S. and was established in New Orleans in 1851. Many of the Turners were following socialist ideas. They came with a second wave of German immigration in the mid-19th century. The difference was that these early ones were farmers. Then in the, after the revolution, the 48ers were doctors, lawyers, journalists, and so forth. And that really made a lot of difference. Um, then, you know, you can tell what was being built. There were architects. And one of the exciting things for me was when I found out in 2001 that one of the prettiest buildings in downtown New Orleans was actually built by a German-born architect, and that's 
the home for the now the uh, Louisiana Endowment for the Humanities. It's also called uh, Turner's Hall. It's the Turngemeinde. The building at the corner of Lafayette and O'Keeffe Street is a palazzo-style building whose late classicistic style catches your eye immediately. The Turnerverein used the building as a place for physical training and cultural events. It was, you know, like all these organizations, they came um, with a very socialist idea, but they formed an organization that did both. They were doing exercises, and it was like a benevolent organization. They took care of widows, you know, to give them money if, if the husbands died. They played theater performances and concerts in these places. German clubs existed in many quarters of New Orleans. In the mid-19th century, German immigrants made up 12% of the city's population. Between 1818 and 1961, there were more than 50 German churches, congregations and synagogues in the city. At one point in time, more than 70 magazines and journals were published in German. Most of them, however, were short-lived. Only two survived the 19th century. European politics cast their shadow all the way over the big pond. The wars between France and Germany in the 19th century, both world wars in the 20th century. The Great War led to a temporary ban of German publications and teaching the German language in schools was forbidden. But many German immigrants had started anglicizing their names long before. Like Heinrich Feldermann or the Zweig family translating their name to the French La Branche. Being German was not always en vogue. And then all these organizations, all the, the uh, um, choirs, Liederkranz and so forth, all lost members because of World War I. And that's when the idea of the Deutsches Haus came up and they all met and formed this one club. Just a few minutes walking from Canal Street, end of the streetcar station at Park City, is the Deutsche Haus, the German Haus modern new building made of grey stone with a high elongated gabled roof. It opened its doors to the public at the end of November 2018, just in time for the 90th anniversary of the club. I have an appointment with Denise Barnett in the large storage space next door. Ah, <laughs> the Berlin Bear. Um, it was given to the city of New Orleans um, before 1992, the Port of New Orleans got it. I think we have a newspaper clipping that talks about when it was originally given to the city of New Orleans. And the Port of New Orleans had him in their building. And in August uh, of 1992, they gave it to us to house and to take care of. Oh, so it's really heavy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The best place for the heavy guest from Berlin still needs to be found in the house. Just like almost everything else on the shelves, pallets and tables, the bear belongs to the inventory of the old Deutsche Haus. In 2011, the historic building had to make place for a new hospital in the city of New Orleans. It turned out to be rather difficult to agree on a design concept that pleased everyone for the new Deutsche Haus. 
and combining the new with the traditional. It definitely was not to be in Bavarian half-timbered style, but what kind of German identity was it supposed to reflect? Not an easy task, as Jack Gonzalez, the chair of the Deutsche House, reports. We, we want to be able to open our doors and offer the experience to, to, to anyone who would like to come. And so um, a lot of times, you know, they're in conflict a little, like, you know, your displeasure or, you know, we, we could have more of different things, you know, to represent your region or your area. And we want to do that more. And really, the challenge that we've gotten from all the different um, members of German descent is it's such a, a, a different opinion on what it all means. And, you know, we struggle every day to try to make sure that everybody has a good feeling of Gemütlichkeit, uh, yeah? Obviously proud of the new generously laid out building, Jack Gonzalez points out the two bars with the porcelain beer tubs, there's a choice of several distinct craft beers. Wooden beams from the old Dodger house were recycled for building the counter. Beer steins are kept in illuminated lockers, which members can rent for a monthly fee. This is a place where female and male choirs rehearse and German courses are taught. Like Kino Night, uh, where we show German films, most are in subtitles. Um, and then, of course, not only just do we show films, but we'll do you know, comedic um, shows, we'll do bands like we did <laughs> Rammstein uh, a, a while ago, you know, but had a group of people that came and it was a successful evening. Sustenance is provided seven days a week. Breads and sauerkraut, schnitzel and other tasty German comfort food are on offer. The heart of the building is a festival hall or beer hall. And of course there is a big Oktoberfest every year. A chance to buy souvenirs without having to travel to Germany. Of course we have beer steins. What, what German festival wouldn't be... German fest wouldn't be complete without uh, beer steins. So we actually get these in, in, from an importer. The choice is overwhelming. German 3D realistic lederhosen. <laughs> wow. Where do you get these things from? Keith Oldendorf is in charge uh, of purchasing. Yeah, I gotta search a lot. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not easy to find. Associations like the Deutsche Haus, the objectives and perhaps even the self-conception of their members are changing. Many younger people are signing up for membership. Thanks to them, a less traditional image of Germany is on the rise. We are trying to become a little more modern. We're become, trying to get away from some of the older older things. While traditional, and we're not gonna, we won't forget them, we, we, want to be, we also want to represent Germany today. On the other side of the Mississippi, in Gretna, the German-American Cultural Center is in charge of keeping tabs on the history of German immigrants. This is where I meet its assistant director, Ira Hopkins. You see, Gretna was founded by Germans, and it, it was originally called Mechanicam. And was called Mechanicam because the owner of the plantation, the Destrehan plantation that was here, brought over some Germans and they came from the New Orleans area because this was a big port of embarkation. And uh, they were real handy with their hands. They built the sprockets, the pulleys, the levers. 
In effect, they were the mechanics. That's why this area was called Mechanicsham, because they settled here. The cultural center portrays German immigration from the early 18th century to now. The former school exhibits everything that the immigrants thought was well taking with them to the new world. Handmade embroidery, clothing, kitchen utensils, photographs, and yes, their language. You can listen to recordings of German choirs. There are posters for German theater or ballet productions or of those politicians, architects and business people of German heritage who have shaped and contributed to the life and culture of New Orleans for decades. Should you be thus inclined, this is where you can research your family history. Or visit the Lafayette Cemetery to find the traces of the melting pot that New Orleans is still today. Ah, Aber Leidenheimer ist doch auch... Leidenheimers Bakery still bakes bread. Ja, kann sein. Es gibt eine Bäckerei, die heißt so in New Orleans. Though today the bread is Leidenheimer Bakery. Die macht French bread. Wunderbar together. You've been listening to The Big Pond. A series of dialogues between Germans and Americans. Coming to you from PRX and the Goethe Institute.